I'm Gabby Hi, I'm Emily Fennigan. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. Hi, this is Holly Evans. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Sport. This is episode 19 and it begins a short run of episodes focusing on the challenges facing indoor sports, both contact and non-contact, as the momentum builds towards a return to sport. Now, before we get into it, a quick note that if you missed our return to sport webinar on June 3, you can still listen to it online. And if you've got a leadership role at your club, then it's worth taking an hour of your time to tune in. Go to the Hooked on Sport Facebook page or at hookedonsport.com.au. Now today, I'm about to chat to Scott Butler. He steers the ship for state player and coach performance for the game of basketball in South Australia, and it's hard to imagine a sport that has done it harder than basketball during the pandemic. The inaugural Central NBL1 season was cancelled before it started, and as I chat to you, basketball is still awaiting an official return to competition date. Scott Butler joins me next. Hi, I'm Nastasha Buck, CEO of Gymnastics SA, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Scott Butler, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Scott, must have been just so devastating, basically have to write off an entire winter. A bit surreal, actually. I can remember we were all uh, sitting in uh, the office as it was unfolding, and um it was just changing hour by hour, and uh, you know it was really unfortunate. We had to shut everything down, you know, games and and uh, and practices, and um, yeah, it's been a bit surreal. But uh, I think we're on the uh, the upward swing, and uh, we we're looking forward to you know getting back to return to train, and then you know return to play. You have been sort of on the back end of all of this because you're an indoor sport that is regarded as a contact sport. I mean, do you feel like you're right at the end of the food chain here? There's no doubt it's been difficult. Obviously, there you know the the evidence is that uh, you know indoor there's more risk uh, than outdoor. So we we get that. There, it has been difficult. Um, you know, certainly the at the moment we're on a 20 person per stadium limit uh, for our our indoor trainings, and you know we're pushing very hard for those restrictions to be lifted uh, to more than uh, 20 people per venue. It'd be great if uh, it was uh, a per court uh, number. 20 people per court would certainly make a lot more sense. Most of our venues, in fact, all of our venues are, are multi-court venues. So uh, that has made it very difficult. But times that we're in, you have to play by the rules and you have to you know, make the most out of what you've got. And that's certainly what we've been doing. Scott, we've seen that uh, the NBL is going to be delayed. The NBL 1 uh, was completely written off for 2020. Was there any consideration given maybe on a local level to try and develop a competition maybe that poked into the summer months on the basis that you really, uh, your clubs here have autonomous use to a large extent of their facilities? Yes. Yeah, so I, I think when we when we come back to return to play uh, for our juniors, I think our senior competition will, will uh, be in there as well. So I think we're looking at uh, not having an NBL one season, um, but uh, having something, you know, along the lines of the, um, you know, the old Premier League. So I, I can see that there's a pretty good chance there will be a, a senior competition this year. But of course, we're restricted by you know government regulations. Uh, you know whether there's spectators in the stadium or not. Yeah, we're we're certainly looking to uh, 
uh, you know, have a senior competition as well, and and then hopefully dovetailing into uh, uh, the, the first year of NBL One next year, which will be incredibly exciting. I know you don't have your fingerprints absolutely on NBL One, but looking from it from afar, were you excited as to where that had got? I mean, it's been through a couple of growing pains, I suppose. Uh, Mount Gambier, they were involved in the South Australian competition last year and back across to uh, the Victorian part of NBL One. But where do you see that sitting? Do you think it's it's on the road to being the ideal pathway program for young up-and-coming basketballers, not just in South Australia, but right around the country? Oh, no doubt. I think it's just another step up from uh, from a, a Premier League-style competition. Uh, you know, having Mount Gambier in the Premier League last year was uh, was fantastic, and that certainly uh, pushed the competition to another level. Going to NBL 1, the, the clubs will be, um, you know, they'll, they'll have to run a more professionally run game day, for example, uh, and, you know, there's no doubt that they will do that. As an organisation, we have to support them in that, and we'll do that. So, um, I, I can just see it being a, a much uh, better competition, not only in terms of the style of play and the, the level of play, but in terms of a, an overall product. Are the Forestville Eagles going to uh, be a little bit cocky, knowing that they've got both trophies for two years now? Uh, well, I, uh, I I know uh, Andy Simons very well, <laughs> and um, and uh, well, obviously one of the, uh, the the best coaches uh, you know at that level for for many many years, and uh, he um, he's very good at what he does. And um, oh, look, I, you know I think whenever we come back to NBL one, they they're certainly going to on the men's side, especially they're they're certainly going to be be incredibly strong. And uh, they've they've got Simon Pritchard, um, a former. Uh, high performance coach for us, national junior coach, coach uh, in the WNBL for the Bendigo Spirit, and uh, he's coaching their women's team. So that makes them automatically very, very strong as well, just by his presence. So I, I think the Eagles will be very, very strong in 2021. Scott, if I can shift our focus back to perhaps uh, the athletes that you deal a little bit more closely with, so that teenage bracket may be looking to uh, potentially get into the US college system. I imagine there's been a number of young athletes who've been disappointed with the COVID situation because they've just been un- unable to travel, I would imagine. Well, the the, the good thing is uh, they, they won't have travelled, um, you know, if they're going over for the uh, for the next basketball year, which starts generally in late July or August, they, they won't be travelling, they, they won't have travelled now. So when they normally travel, they, they normally travel at the end of the July or August, uh, early September. So, you know, if restrictions are lifted, uh, then, you know, there's a possibility they'll be able to get over there. But, uh, you know, that that's looking unlikely. So it is very difficult, especially for the, you know, some of the athletes coming out of our program who were, you know, under 20s, for example, they've just finished year 12. And, um, you know, they have to delay enrolment at colleges for, you know, that nine-month period. They can't just enrol at a university here. Um, Otherwise, they lose eligibility. So, you know, they're in a bit of limbo. So, you know, what do those athletes do if they can't get over there? I think that's the biggest hurdle. But we've had, you know, athletes return from colleges and a lot of them have said they're glad to be here. Mm. Uh, They're they're still doing classes online. It's safer to be here than over there at this stage. Yeah, it's a very, um, very difficult situation. We've got a lot of athletes over there in uh, colleges at all levels, not just uh, NCAA Division One. So on on that basis, Scott, I mean, have you had to put programs in to try and provide more support to those athletes? 
Not really, because uh, we we sort of deal with the 14 to 17-year-old um, athletes in terms of our high-performance program. Uh, our under-20 state performance program finishes in February. So we had the under-20 national championships um, in February, and we got those in this year, obviously. And then all those athletes tend to go into Premier League programs. So the Premier League, um, you know, the clubs through their Premier League or now NBL One programs, they, you know, they've got those athletes. So, you know, I come from Clubland, and uh, you know, I'm sure that the clubs have, um, are doing all they can to keep those athletes engaged. So, I mean, you were one of the lucky ones, therefore, to run a junior national championships that really was immune from it. All the under-20s were, uh, but our under-18s and under-16 uh, national championships are postponed. Uh, there's a possibility that we'll have those uh, at the end of the year, uh, maybe in September. So we'll know in about a month uh, whether those championships will be on in September or whether they'll be uh, cancelled for the year. So, you know, it's difficult for our under-16 and under-18 athletes because they're in a bit of limbo as well. We've done a whole heap of things to, uh, to keep them engaged you know, both both physically and, and, and mentally over the time. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult on, on all our high-performance athletes and, and our coaches as well. Is there potential, and perhaps not at the top end, the athletes that you deal with, but maybe some of their peers, young kids who maybe aren't quite as talented, is there a fear that because you're going to miss such a huge chunk of a season that maybe some players could be lost to the sport? Yeah, possibly, but, uh, you know, the, the upside is that um, we know we've got a great product. Basketball and soccer are the, the two most popular sports in the world. There is no doubt that basketball has a, a major attraction. You know, if you look, the uh, the, the two biggest uh, docu- docos on uh, Netflix, um, you know, one of them was about um, basketball this year. So, uh, you know, an incredible, we, we've got an incredible product. The other thing is we can coexist with other sports. So, you know, a lot of our best basketballers um, play other sports and play them at a very high level as well. So it's not a matter of one or the other. There may be some attrition, but, you know, we might get some from other sports as well. Does the resurgence of the NBL, um, we've seen remarkable numbers with uh, crowd and mainstream interest over the past sort of two years, does that drive uh, the attraction to the sport of younger kids? Uh, I think it does. The the NBL one is really the you know that, that that's the forward facing face of basketball. Basketball, even when the NBL was not uh, in a in a good state, basketball underneath was always very, very healthy, and it continues to be healthy. Uh, it's just now I think the perception is that the NBL one is going well. Uh, the WNBL has always been a you know a great great competition but now the NBA always got their act together basketball is healthy again well basketball has always been healthy mm. it just hasn't been seen as that uh, you know because of well documented problems of uh, the NBL. Well Scott just to wrap things up what's the what's the message to basketball fans out there who are maybe wondering when they're youngster or even just from a social basketballer perspective when they when can we give them some hope that maybe we're going to get back into what they would normally expect as a competition a, a, a proper season of basketball yeah well I mean we're we're back training indoors which is fantastic uh, you know we can't do contact yet we can do contact from June 25. You know, we're hoping to get that 20-person per stadium limit lifted. You know, I think we're confident that that will happen. 
and level three return to basketball you know that that's looking like it's going to sort of happen in in mid-july you know we won't be back into a full district competition straight away you know we can we can do full team trainings and we'll transition into that competition and i don't think we're far away and uh, you know when we do get back i think it's going to be people miss it they're going to be back with you know the sport they love and um, I, I don't think it's far away and we're uh, we, we had some sessions with our high performance players uh, the last three days and you could see that uh, they were just happy to get back inside a basketball stadium rather than you know look at each other through a through a zoom lens you know um, that which is what we've been doing uh, basically for the last three months so uh, no we're, we're not far away. Scott, we're going to look uh, very much forward to seeing all of those youngsters who you've had to deal with through Zoom meetings back out there doing their stuff on a basketball court very soon. Thanks for joining us at Hooked on Sport. Thanks, Ben. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. Please remember to be mindful of others. Remember that this is a short-term situation and we will get through it. If we work together and are patient with ourselves, we can be patient with others. Maintaining your caring relationship. And remember that a simple act of kindness can go an incredibly long way. It can make us feel good about ourselves and make others feel good about themselves. And now back to the show. So as you've heard, Scott has his hands full returning South Australian basketball to full operations across the coming months. Let's stay with basketball, but with a view to the top end of town, the Adelaide 36ers and the sweeping changes at that club over the last three months, both on and off the court. To assist me with that, club legend Scott Ninnis. A former coach and premiership player at the Sixers, Scott remains an astute expert on the game, and in particular at the Adelaide 36ers. He joins me right after this. Hi, this is Jake Parkinson. I'm the CEO of Sample, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Scott Ninnis, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Uh, thank you. Very nice uh, to be here with you. Scott, you've got a new member of the club. What is it? You're Sorry? thinking? Yeah, I knew the silence would come. The sacked coach <laughs> club, Joey Wright, uh, <laughs> adds to the list of sacked coaches at uh, the Adelaide 36ers. Mate, it's a long and distinguished list. Uh, there's plenty of us on it. I'm glad I'm not the only one, so it is nice to have uh, have another member join us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you're pretty good mates with Joey. Did you end up getting an opportunity to have a private chat with him? Yeah, we did. Uh, we had a bit of a chat. I think at that stage he was just looking for someone to uh, uh, yeah, probably have a non-basketball-related chat and, and probably someone uh, who enjoyed a glass of red wine as much as what he did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we did. It was, um, I caught up with, I've caught up with him once or twice since. And, um, uh, look, I, I think he it's probably just a matter of someone who's been through a you know, sort of similar situation. I, I'd like to think mine probably wasn't quite as... Uh, controversial ending is what this was but um, yeah look it really wasn't uh, much to do with basketball it was just about I, I guess people had uh, common ground and um, uh, yeah always good to have a nice relaxed chat in that sort of environment yeah, you're right it was pretty dramatic can the club put that sort of stuff behind them in a short period of time oh, I think they have to mate for uh, I guess as, as weird as it sounds this, this whole uh, uh, COVID-19 thing is probably actually helps them because uh, no one's sort of really talking about, uh, you know, Joey Wright and Kevin White and, um, you know, the 36ers at this stage. Uh, and I guess they, they've been able to, you know, get a highly respected coach in Connor Henry. Um, 
being able to recruit Josh, uh, young Josh Giddy, and uh, uh, you know, there's a uh, re-signing Daniel Johnson. Uh, they've been able to put a bit of a positive spin on it, and uh, I guess the proof will be in the pudding. Um, and and at the end of the day, uh, you know, the fans will determine uh, that uh, on wins and losses, I suppose. But uh, I think they they need to be able to put it behind them as as quickly as they can, and uh, and move forward in a new direction. Interested in your thoughts on Connor Henry. For people who follow the NBL closely, he's no stranger to the competition, having coached here previously. But do you know much about him? What do you think he will bring to the club? And what do you think he'll bring to the town? Yeah, well, look, I, I coached against him uh, when he was with the Wildcats uh, in my first year back in 2009. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a competitive guy to, to, to coach against. He's always had a reputation as a... Uh, uh, you know, having a real focus on, on the defensive side of things, and, and look, to be honest with you, that's probably an area of the game that uh, does need uh, addressing. The 36ers um, defensively probably hasn't been their strong point over the last couple of years, so I think he'll bring that to it. Obviously, he's got uh, experience in the NBA, both as a as a player and, and as an assistant coach, and uh, look, he's got a great resume. He's a tough nut, and I think he'll be... Uh, Oh look, I think it's it's a good step. It's always difficult when you're moving on with someone, especially someone who's been, you know, in the role for as long as what Joey has. But uh, look, I think the 36ers have probably uh, got one out of uh, left field a little bit, and and I think it'd be a great uh, great move with Connor in charge. What about the competition as a whole? It's going to be delayed, and we can understand the reasons behind that. Do you think that's the right approach, just to move it sort of away from that, uh, I, I guess, where footy finals are going to be sort of complicating, making the air dirty, if you like? Do, do you think they're in the right spot now, going for some clear air starting just in that month before Christmas? Oh, I think they have to be made. Oh, to be honest with you, um, you know, basketball's not a sport that could come back uh, without crowds, uh, as the footy codes are doing, because they just don't have those, you know, those massive television rights and that money to get them getting moving forward. So they they, they won't. Uh, uh, you know, I think they're hoping for November, probably more likely to be December, and and, and possibly even January if it comes to that. So oh, I think they're making the right decision there. You know, this is a very fluid situation, as you know, and, and things are changing by the day. But uh, I think they're, they're smart in sort of getting the footy things, the footy code finals out the way, and then uh, you know, making sure that they can uh, play in front of uh, in front of crowds rather than without them, which just wouldn't be sustainable for the league. It is fascinating, and people might not be aware of the way these things work. But football and the NRL has gone back to playing without crowds because they've got to sustain their television deal, whereas the NBL has really relied on, and they've done very well in the past two years with crowd numbers and people turning up to matches. They don't have uh, a really sizable television deal as much. Uh, Scott, as someone who I imagine goes and watches the games pretty regularly, just describe how much they've improved the whole match day experience uh, there at the Entertainment Centre, having moved from Adelaide Arena. Oh, look, it's been a no-brainer for the 36ers, uh, you, you know, going into that that stadium with, you know, just all the facilities are better. Obviously, there's, a, um, you know, you've got a bigger capacity and um, it's just, I, I know the entertainment centre's been there for a few years now, but this, it just has that, oh, I guess, that venue feel and a more modern arena than what the, uh, what the old stadium was and... Uh, I, I, I was wrapped with it and, and talking to a lot of the past players that I that I catch up with and see at games. I think you know probably a lot of people are sceptical to start with because 
you know, you've been in the same place for 27 years and you have some incredible memories and, and championships and players that have gone through that, uh, that stadium. So change is always, uh, can always be a little bit difficult, but, uh, I think it's made a believer of, of most people fairly quickly. So I think it's very exciting going forward to, to improve on that, uh, you know, that match night's, um, experience and, um, yeah, hopefully it's there for a long, long time. Scott, I remember going and seeing the 36ers at Apollo Stadium. I'm giving away my age, but my parents used to take me along to Sixers games. I remember seeing Phil Smythe playing for the Canberra Cannons. So that's how far back I go. Love the club. I know you love the club. Are we in a situation, and maybe a danger though with basketball, that a club like the 36ers, which I mean, is reasonably well-funded, but nothing like Melbourne United, the Sydney Kings, are we potentially going to get into uh, a haves versus have-nots? Not in the NBL. Well, mate, uh, just just before I answer that, I mean, I played against Phil Smythe when he was playing for the Canberra Cannons <laughs> at Apollo Stadium, so uh, he's given away my age as well. So, uh, look, in, in answer to your question, I think it's probably you know from the outside looking in, it it seems like it's that already. You know, you've got the Sydney Kings, Melbourne United, the Perth Wildcats. And, and then everybody else, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. And uh, that's long term. Oh, I don't think that's sustainable. Um, you, you know, it's, 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 you know, you just don't want to see the same teams winning every year. And, and, and I know, look, I mean, that's taking nothing away from someone like the Perth Wildcats who, you know, are just incredible franchise and, and made the finals every year for, 34 years or something stupid. It's just an incredible record. But, you know, you have Sydney and Melbourne and these powerhouse teams and, and it's, it's you know, they could just spend more money and get all the, you know, get the best players. And uh, it, it makes it tough. It makes it tough for the for the smaller, you know, the places like Cairns and Wollongong to to, to keep their players and, and to be able to match those guys. But um, I think it's, it's something that uh, probably needs to be addressed. I, I don't think the long term it, it's sustainable because you're just going to see those rich clubs continue to get richer and those poor clubs, uh, unfortunately, probably start to disappear from the landscape. And we've, we've had numerous occasions of that uh, throughout the last few years as well. It's been a number of years now since you've had uh, a direct involvement with uh, with. I guess, coaching or uh, all of those sorts of issues surrounding basketball. But you are an opinion maker these days. You run a podcast, uh, Sixers Fix, which uh, I am a subscriber and follower of. Uh, Do you miss the coaching and are you enjoying being involved in that situation where you can stand back at arm's length from a club and and independently observe how it's travelling? Oh, look, mate, I, I, I do miss the day-to-day, you know, camaraderie of being around the team and, and the, the highs and lows of winning and losing. What I what I don't miss is the politics and, uh, that come with, come with professional sport. I, I don't miss that for a second. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. It's just, uh, you know, something a little bit different. Uh, unfortunately, now it seems like every every man these dog is doing a podcast and uh, there's so many of them out there. So, you know, we, 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 we want to try and... Uh, I stay relevant and offer probably a little bit of a different point of view and as far as catching up with old teammates and players, uh, that's something that I find really interesting to do. Uh, I guess I've got a little bit of involvement with the club now. Uh, There's a couple of us who are on a past players committee that uh, we, we get together you know, every couple of months and have a bit of a chat about things. And, and that was pretty important with the move to the entertainment centre. The club really wanted to sound out and get our opinions on it. And, 
Uh, it looks like as well that uh, Brett Maher and myself might be getting back involved with the club and, and running some of their uh, holiday camps and, and school clinics, which uh, you know I know Brett and I are both excited about, and, and hopefully the club is as well. And um, look, but it is nice to sort of be be able to go home and not have to worry about whether your uh, job's in jeopardy, uh, depending on a winner or loss. Let me tell you that pretty free. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you've uh, you've added three topics there: Brett Maher, past player programs. And every man and his dog doing podcasts. Have you broken bread with Marzi after the revelation a couple of days ago? His podcast with Andrew McLeod and Andrew McLeod saying he no longer really feels welcome at the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, I, that's how to get yourself on uh, the front page of newspapers. Well, it's, it's funny. Brett was uh, Brett dropped in uh, yesterday. They're building a house uh, not far from where we are at the moment. He dropped in after digging trenches all day. It's good to see him do some physical work for once in a while, but. Uh, yeah, like I think he sort of caught, sort of caught him on the hop a little bit, and I know that we, he was going back to Bungie's last night to do a follow up, uh, a follow up podcast where they were Bungie was going to ex- expand on it and explain his thoughts a little bit more. So it'd be interesting to see uh, see what direction that heads from there. But uh, look, I just think they're, uh, I just think they want more likes in their podcast than the rest <laughs> of us. I think that's uh, cool. Yeah, it caught a little bit of controversy, but obviously that's. Uh, that was a bit of a, you know, any time it involves someone as uh, well-known and, and as respected as Andrew McLeod, it's always going to cause waves uh, when something like that comes out. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, uh, that's going to defeat the podcast numbers that you and me can ever create if uh, <laughs> Bungie's coming out and making revelations like that. Uh, last thing before we wrap up, mate, uh, you've been in business for a number of years with uh, a bespoke winery tour program that, of course, has had to shut down in recent times. Is that on the verge of making a return? Yeah, we're back, mate. Premium Wine Tours is, is back for all your uh, wine touring days. So, uh, look, it's been been eleven and a half weeks, I think, since I since I've run a tour, and uh, I got my first inquiry yesterday, and I booked a tour in uh, in the middle of July. So, look, it's gonna it will take a little while to come back because uh, you know the local business, which is always available to us at the moment, is is only a fairly small part of our business. Uh, you know, once the borders open up, I guess that's what we're, we're really, uh, you know, looking forward to when things are being safe. Uh, but yeah, look, it's nice to be available again, and uh, uh, my wife would be very happy to get me out of the house uh, on a regular basis. I can tell you that for free. Oh, well, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to treating my father to one of your winery tours. We'll get onto that in the next couple of weeks. Look forward to it, mate. That'll be great. Scott, uh, you're a legend of Australian basketball. We appreciate your time with us here at Hooked on Sport. Anytime, Ben. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Basketball is a serious sport in Adelaide, extremely popular. We boast a vibrant local league through the NBL One, and the Sixers have a huge following. So thank you to Scott and Scott for their updates on the current state of the game. So that's the slam dunk on episode 19. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to shoot us a note and say hi. Thanks to Ben Watson who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Take care. We'll see you soon at Hooked on Sport.